Welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Welcome to all you adventurers out there, those of you who are living in a new place. If you're new to the program, thanks for joining us. And don't be afraid to dabble around in the back episodes. In fact, if you go all the way back to episode one, you may get a better sense of who we are and what it is that we're doing. I'm not saying you need to, but if you want to. Once you have a sense of who we are, then you can jump around as you will. Although the show itself does have a very long narrative arc, particularly since we've been doing this show for almost four years. And remember, for those of you longtime listeners, those of you who really love the show, we're asking you to take action this month. Give thanks for the show. Show your support, your love for us by doing something. Maybe writing a review. Maybe you're telling a friend. Maybe you write it in an email to a bunch of people you know, a lot of new expats maybe, who are looking for somebody to keep them company. Spread the word. Let people know. And if you want to throw some money behind the show, it does cost quite a bit to put it out there, you can visit our website, thebittersweetlife.net, and donate to the show. It's easy, fun, and affordable. Uh, Because why? It's up to you how much you want to pay. If we all come together, the show continues, and we certainly want it to. We love keeping you company for all these years. And now on with the show. Welcome to New Orleans. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And I'm giggling because um, we're doing a flashback to when we were recording in Rome because I'm having a cup of tea as I always did when we taped in Rome. That's true. You haven't had, you haven't actually been drinking liquid while we've been recording the show for quite some time. Hey, that, let's remedy that right away. Remember when you used to always be drinking liquid and like eating cookies while we recorded? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I miss those days. <laughs> well, because back, you know, I couldn't have tea without cookies. Right. You know, now I've, I've grown up a little bit. Oh. And I now drink tea with no cookies. Can you believe it? No, I can't. I'm trying to change my taste buds and not be such a sweet aholic. Oh, I love that. It used to be as synonymous with me crying on the show, you eating on the show, I think was always the, <laughs> the thing. Snacking. Let's just say snacking. I wasn't like chowing down and having a whole meal. I was just having a couple of cookies. Yeah. And you usually tried to do it off mic. So. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. Um, okay. So here's a story that I, I wanted to tell you. So... As you know, I'm still down here in New Orleans. And one of the things I keep encountering down here are people saying things like that until they moved to New Orleans, they didn't feel like they could be themselves or they didn't even know their true selves until they got here. And that the city made it so that they discovered who they were truly meant to be. Wow. You would think that that would just be some random comment, but I keep encountering that people just organically saying that over and over and over again. That is interesting. Like, how many people are we talking about? Well, I mean, not like, I don't know a ton of people down here, (laughs) you know, but a good handful. All 30 of your closest New Orleans friends. (laughs) Yeah, right. A handful. And they're, they're all from different 
realms. You know, I wouldn't say that they're all hanging out together. And so they collectively came up with this idea of the place making them authentically them. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting idea of, is it possible to find the right place to live and the right place to live to be defined by a place that makes you more authentically you than you would have been otherwise? Well, I think it's a wonderful idea. Yeah. And I mean, it could very well be true. And I think that if it's true, it's exciting. And it's also confusing because how do you know? Yeah, you have to just move around all the time. I know. I've lived in Seattle long enough. What if I discover that in Seattle I could never... Like, what if years down the road I think, I could have never been the authentic me if I'd stayed in Seattle. I mean, what a terrifying discovery that is, for one. And two, what if... You know, you wander all throughout the world and then you get back to Seattle and you think, huh, I still don't know. Am I more authentic here? Am I less authentic here? Hmm. I, well, I think it's a bit, I think you don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much. I go down the rabbit hole all the time. I know you do. It's a big problem. <laughs> you, I think it's a great idea, like I said, and I think it's the kind of thing that if it happens serendipitously, great, but I don't think you can spend your life searching for that. Because like you said, you never know. And Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz said what she was really looking for was right back at home, right? To paraphrase badly. Well, she said there's no place like home. She no, 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 no. At the end, she says, I think, I, I am paraphrasing. So some Wizard of Oz fanatics can... <laughs> you didn't uh, memorize this film? I've seen it enough times. She says... Or something like, I just realized that what I was searching for was right in my own backyard. That's what she says. It was right in my own backyard. And, you know, that's not how I live my life, clearly, because <laughs> I've moved a lot and I've moved very far from home. But all I'm saying is that I don't think is a good enough reason to move away. I think if you, if you want to move away, do it. If you want to have the experience of living in a new place, like you, you said, you know, I've always wanted to live, I always wanted to spend time in in New Orleans or me, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be in Italy, then go for it. But don't be like, I don't feel authentic here. So I'm going to like spin the globe and point to a spot and go there and see if I'm authentic there. And then, you know, how I mean, because how long does it take to figure that out? It's not something you can figure out in a month or I don't know, is it? Do you feel more authentically yourself in New Orleans as well? I mean, it's, it's a long process, I think. I think it would take more ties, more time. But I mean, what's more important than the search for your authentic self? And what does that even what does that even mean? Like that's a whole other question too, because isn't that so much more about being able to express yourself in a way that feels both fun and true to yourself? And is that just a matter of what's permissible and wherever you decide to move to? I think it's more than what's permissible. I mean, I'm just thinking about myself and I don't think that I'm my authentic self in Rome, which is sad. I feel like Rome squashes a bit of my joy. Mm, do tell. Well, I mean, I just had that thought just now as we were talking. Um, it's a place where you, I mean, it's not as nitty gritty as some places, but you know, it's, it's not the kind of place where you like go like running through the meadows barefoot singing. So that's the authentic you, running through meadows. I mean, I think, Singing. <laughs> uh, maybe. No, I just mean, I've just become a little bit tougher here. Hey, maybe that's my authentic self. I'm, I, I should be tougher. But I'm definitely more tough here than I am in Seattle. 
And, and I realized this about myself when I was walking through um, the train station, Germany train station, with like a little trolley behind me. And I was going, 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 duh, 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 and like there was a woman walking towards me slightly to my right. And we, I kind of bumped her with my suitcase. I think I just bumped her suitcase. But, you know, I think it was my fault. Didn't do it on purpose, but I think it was my fault. And I just kept on walking. I didn't stop and say, oh, I'm sorry, pardon me. Are you okay? You know, and that's an Italy thing. That's a Rome thing. That's like, you know, you don't really need to stop. If you stop, that's a nice thing, but you don't have to stop. And people often don't. And I think that I, my Seattle self would never have dreamed of being so rude. So I guess my point is cities definitely do influence you and influence your behavior when you live there for a long period of time. If they influence you, I guess that means they can help you or hinder you from being your true authentic self. But I'd like to think I'm a polite, kind person. And so I think Rome has made me into a little bit more of a tough cookie. Interesting. And I don't know if I like that. Yeah. And do you think that that is something that you would shed if you were to come here? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I haven't moved to a new place in so long. I I don't know how um, how much I assimilate anymore, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. But possibly, probably. I feel different when I'm in the States. I feel different when I'm in Seattle. And just in the States generally, I feel more carefree. And maybe that's because I don't live there. So I'm on vacation. So maybe that's just why. But I just feel like I'm a little bit more, mm, what's the word? Just a little bit more excitable, a little more whatever, happy-go-lucky. Childlike even, maybe? I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, I think that when I was in Rome for the first year or two, it was probably the opposite. I was probably feeling much more giddy and excitable because it was all new and, and everything. And now I'm kind of in this very regimented routine, commuting, working, childcare. It's a lot of responsibility now that I didn't have. Yeah. Even when I was, you know, you know in Seattle. So, so who knows? I think it's interesting because I think the idea of getting at a true authentic self, I've been pondering this, obviously, <laughs> uh, is, is what? Getting at that the core person who maybe gets covered up like an onion, like layer upon layer upon layer over the years based on what responsibility, family instruction, whatever it is. And what you're trying to say, you know, this is what I need to ask these people is what do they mean by that? Does that mean that they feel like they can express themselves in a way that's truer or like feels more like it sits right let me try it a different way because I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just puzzling through this and that's what we're doing. Have you ever had a friend say, or let's say you have two different friends. You're asking them for advice. One of them's me, one of them's someone else, okay? Okay. And each person gives you advice, their own take on it. And in the course of giving you that advice, say things like, well, Tiffany, you've always really liked blank you know, you've always been a compassionate, kind, driven person when it comes to writing or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to make up an example on the fly. <laughs> but anyway, I say that and somebody else says, well, I don't know, Tiffany, you've always hated uh, sitting in front of a computer and writing for long hours. Let's just say it's two different pieces of advice. And one of those people, whatever they say rings true to you. It's almost like they're holding up a mirror and you say, well, I agree with Katie. I do not agree with this other person. Mm. That doesn't seem like it's right. 
is that the glimmer of the authentic self? I don't know. Um, that was a really convoluted way of saying it because I didn't give a good example. No, but I, you mean, know what I mean, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think, I think I can't speak for anyone else. I think I'm kind of suggestible, if that's a word. It is. So, <laughs> like excitable <laughs> is a word or excitement. What was it? Excitement. <laughs> Excitement is also a word. I'm learning a lot of words on this show. Uh, this is like another one of my favorite segments on the show where <laughs> Tiffany says, is that a word? And you're like, it is. <laughs> or every occasionally, it's not. Believe it or not, I am a writer. <laughs> who would who thought? <laughs> yeah, but you're a writer who lives in a different language the majority of the time. Oh, we'll give I you know. some credit. Do you know, aside, that occasionally when I'm writing, I get a word that I want to use and I can only think of it in Italian and I can't think of what the word is in English and I have to look it up? In the dictionary? Hmm. That's insane, right? It's just weird. Do you know that when I'm writing, occasionally I spell something so wrong that neither the spell check nor the internet can figure out what it is I'm trying to write? <laughs> and so I just <laughs> abandon it and use a different word? Yeah, you are... Katie is an epically bad speller, or at least you were back in the day when we were in middle school and high school. I mean, you were a terrible <laughs> speller. <laughs> I'm much better than I was then, I'd like to think. Well, I should hope so. <laughs> I should hope so. There's one word that I can never, ever, ever, ever spell, and it's sarcophagus. Just don't even ask me to spell it. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, I can't spell that word. I try so often, and I just can't do it. But anyway, back to the topic at hand. Yeah. For me, that example doesn't... I, I kind of get what you are saying, but I feel like it's more more than just when someone says to you, oh, you're like this, you're not like that. I think when I'm with somebody, there are certain people who bring out my quote-unquote authentic self and people who do it to a lesser extent. There are people who I'm with, even good friends. I have, I have a really good friend, but when I'm with her, I just don't feel like me. Hmm. I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm being authentic to her in the sense I'm not like sitting there BSing her, her or... But I just don't feel truly myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. And other people I feel, you know, more or less so. So I can see how a city would, would be the same. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think of a city as being like that. Because it must be something about the general vibe of the city. One of the things that they always say about New Orleans, at least in some circles that I've met, and I haven't met everybody, and I haven't met every community <laughs> here, but in many of the communities I have met, Another thing that they often say is that if you're going to live in New Orleans, you got to have a side hustle. Oh, a side hustle. Yeah, you might have like your main job, maybe you're a teacher, but on the side, you're a writer or you're in a band or you're doing graphic design for some company or some friend's artistic outlet. And so that you have like these two different lives and often in the side hustle, in New Orleans is where you've, you kind of express this artistic self that is the part that makes you excited, makes you feel like you're having fun. Mm. And I think that a lot of the people I've encountered do have these kind of dual things that they're doing, you know. And one guy actually who is a banjo player told me, and he had a really boring day job. Sorry if he's ever... <laughs> listening but it was something having to do with <laughs> automatic systems for some telecom company or something uh, and then he plays the banjo at night and he was basically in the category of if I didn't play in this band I wouldn't have any great reason to get up in the morning well isn't that great that people would choose to do that kind of thing with their free time something that fulfills them and possibly even helps them express themselves 
as opposed to sitting in front of a TV or a game or on their phone. You know, that's wonderful that so many people there do that. Well, I think it's partly a financial issue. You know, like people don't get paid enough down here. Yeah, but not a lot of people get, I mean, not that many musicians get paid. Right. You know, or they don't get paid very much. And writers, I mean, hello, most writers don't get paid anything. (laughs) Podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it does raise the question to me of when you encounter people who are frequent travelers, are they looking for a break? Are they looking to like ex- just see different cultures? Or is there a piece of them that's looking for, I don't know, some sort of authentic them? Maybe not when you're traveling. Maybe it's like when you're moving from place to place. I don't know. Or it's switching from job to job. Or I think it depends. I think there are different types of traveling. You know, there's the type of traveling that you do when you just need to like recharge the batteries and you go to resort and you get massages and you mm-hmm. you eat in touristy restaurants or, you know, whatever, or you're on a bus tour or you're on a cruise. And then there are other types of, of traveling that are more explorative and, you know, where you might come into contact with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Have you actually had any experience of seeing a particular place or city or something like change somebody you know for the better? Off the top of my head, I can't, I can't really think of anything. Um, or for the worse, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> not. I mean, we've had friends that lived, uh, you know, in Seattle versus New York or, you know. Yeah, that's true. But I... Unf- what was that sound? That's a Navy plane going over. Oh, my gosh. That's like so loud. I thought your ceiling was caving in. <laughs> yeah, it's a noisy place. <gasps> Um, I do. I do. We have a, we have a great mutual friend named Kate who grew up with us in Seattle and then spent many, many years in New York and then moved to LA. And I unfortunately don't spend enough time with her to really be able to make a judgment on, you know, if any of those cities changed her for the better or the worse. Most of my friends live here and not, I shouldn't say most of my friends live here, but the people that I spend the most amount of time with obviously live here. And I didn't know them before they lived here. You were the only person I ever spent any time with in Rome who I knew before. (laughs) So Yeah, so what would you say? Would you say that Rome changed me for the better? I definitely think it changed you for the better. It definitely made your life more interesting and richer, and it made you a more curious person, which I think is only a good thing. I don't know if it made me more curious. It certainly made me more conflicted. Because I had a very curious job. No, I think you're more curious. I think you're more adventurous. More adventurous would be better. Yes, but I know your job was curious, but there's one thing to be curious in the realm of your stable day, you know, nine to five job. And there's another thing to be so curious that you're like, hey, I'm moving to New Orleans for a month. I mean, that's not the same thing that most people do. Even if they are freelancers, even if they are, you know, suddenly unemployed, most people don't just say, hey, I'm just going to, See what happens. It just doesn't usually happen. If you say that in some ways Rome has changed you for the worst, or for the worse, not for the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's hope not. You obviously really haven't thought about this too much until I brought up this as a topic idea, but does that make you, give you pause? Like maybe it's not the right place for you to stay. Well, I will say one other thing. I do not think I would have become a writer if I hadn't moved here. Why is that? Because Rome is my inspiration. Like every single thing that I want to write is inspired by the city. Every story, every blog post. I mean, my blog is about Rome, so obviously. (laughs) But it's just 
I really don't think I would have ever been, at least not to write fiction. I don't think I would have ever been inspired to write fiction if I hadn't come and lived here. So for that reason, maybe it is the perfect place for me. And I wonder sometimes if I were to leave Rome, would like my inspiration dry up? Yeah. <laughs> would my ideas dry up? Hopefully not. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think I'd have to live in someplace equally fascinating, you know, like Paris or London or, or something like that. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I think, yeah, I think that I would be a calmer, nicer, more grounded person if I were in a city that isn't so crowded and busy and trafficy and difficult. Rome can be a difficult place to live. Italy in general can be a difficult place to live. So far, that hasn't been enough of a reason for me to move away. I mean, I think it's made you tougher, certainly. And I don't know, you're, you've always been such an artistic person. You've always been like so driven by artistry or creating or performing or all of those things. But I do think it, I do think it's made you tougher and giving you kind of that hardness that you need to have when you're dealing with a busy city, but also like a city full of hustlers. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I think, uh, and I don't know for sure, but I'm, New Orleans has its fair share of like, as we've talked about, crime and whatnot. And I often wonder, you're inspired, but you know, you also have to like watch your back all the time and, and what that does to a person over time. Well, yes, I, I, I agree. We talked on a previous podcast about how I'm not a, I'm not very trustworthy. Any, no, I'm not very trusting. <laughs> I'm still trustworthy. Sorry. I'm still trustworthy. She's packing up because she has to go uh, deal with her, her baby who's having a little bit of sorry, a breakdown. Sorry. So hence the um, distraction. It's no problem. What I was going to say was I'm not a super trusting person anymore. Like I trust people that I, that I know. Like I'm not like sitting here thinking bad things about my family members and my friends and my husband and stuff. But as far as like people that I don't know, I don't automatically trust people. I'm always on my guard when somebody new comes into my life or comes or I, I encounter somebody new, unless they've had like a very good introduction. Like if you tell me, this is my friend, Jessica, she's my best friend in the world. She's the sweetest person that I'm going to believe you that she is. But if I just meet Jessica on the street and she comes to see my apartment because she's going to move in, I just don't automatically trust people. And that comes from living here. Is that because you've been burned yeah. a lot over there? Or is that just part of being in a foreign country or what whatnot? I think it's both. I think it's, well, I have been burned over here. I have had bad experiences. And I've heard a lot of other bad experiences that friends of mine have had. And I think part of it is just living in a really, quite a large international city where, you know, there's just a lot of people coming and going. And it's not like a family. I mean, yes, it's very family oriented in a sense because it's Italy, but there isn't like a real like community. That's the word I'm looking for. There isn't a real community feel here because it's just so big and there's mm -hmm. just so many people from everywhere coming in and out. And so for that reason, I feel could be part of it. Hmm. But last question. Yeah. Did you decide to, uh, do you know, propose this art, um, episode idea because you are feeling, I know you said it's early days, but are you feeling like you are more yourself here or you have the the potential of coming into more of yourself here or is it just because of other people saying that um I think it's too early for me to know for me personally but but I do think that it's raised the question of because this city has just such a different vibe than Seattle it's a little bit more macabre and it's also a little bit more celebratory 
than Seattle. It's also got this outward friendliness that Seattle doesn't have where all of the neighbors on my block know each other. And in Seattle, it's like, I might know the people who live in the same house as me. Yeah. Upstairs and downstairs. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I might not know them well, but I definitely wouldn't know who lives next door. So I think that it also has that kind of outward friendliness that makes me just wonder, there's such a stark contrast to each other that it does stand to reason that I think more than anything else, where you are could have a massive influence on what you end up creating and who you end up being based on how people treat you and what this sort of cultural norm is. And I guess maybe just being down here um, has highlighted that, you know, and especially being here for such a temporary period of time where it's literally like I can hold Seattle and New Orleans back to back and go, wow, they're so different just culturally and how people act with each other. So I don't know. And sorry about all the Navy jets that are flying over my house. It's also a noisier place. And it's also a warmer place. It's beautiful and 80 outside. And in Seattle, it's raining in 40. I mean, that's got to affect you too. But definitely. But for me personally, I don't know. I don't, I haven't been here long enough to know. I just don't. But I do think it's an interesting concept. It's a very interesting concept. Yeah. If you're sort of miserable, then maybe, or like you just can't seem to get it done or like the, you can't find the right friends that maybe it's the place. Maybe you're like in the wrong spot. Yeah. I just think that that's a really interesting concept. Yeah. Definitely something for people to think about who are feeling stuck and feeling less than fulfilled. Yeah. Like me. And less than themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Well, darling, I I hate to cut it short, but I have got to go. Yes, I know. I've got a sick toddler at home. So I've got to run over there. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. He's been like every toddler, really, I suppose. Yeah, but. it's like every other week, pretty much. Yeah. Every three weeks, if I'm lucky. Well, all right then. So we will leave it there. But until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye. My thanks to the Dapper Dandies for supplying some of the music for the new New Orleans opening of the show. And big thanks to our new intern, Estrella Gomez, for all of her hard work. Be sure to visit her blog at lacasablaga.com. And remember, take action if you love the show. Tell a friend, write a review, write a blog post, or give us a donation. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.